This is the South Bend Beat Podcast, presented by Alpha Dog Agency. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, let you ride around my city, I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city, bring you to my city, I can show you around my city, it's my city. Welcome back to another episode of South Bend Beat. This week we have on a guest that I've wanted to have on for a while. It's Ryan Yazel, who's the pastor of city engagement at South Bend City Church. And more notably for this episode, he's the race director of the Belly Burst, which takes place during Best Week Ever. So we're going to talk about the Belly Burst, talk about some sermon random questions, some other random questions, and talk about his history with Keller Park and his love for soccer and Taco Bell. Enjoy. Mr. Yazel, we finally got you on the podcast. <laughs> yes. It's been so like pretty much from day one, I've been asking you about it and we've been saying, wait for the right time, wait for the right time. Um, today we'll get to it here in a little bit, but promoting the belly burst is the right time. That's right. Um, so we'll get to that in a bit. I wanted to start out with, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. So you're pretty passionate about South Bend. Yep. Um, pretty much anyone who comes in contact with you can tell that right away. Tell us about where you, were you born here, born and raised, or did you end up relocating here? No, you know, and like the fact that I care about any place uh, is a surprise to me because that's just, that wasn't who I was, right? So it was just kind of falling uh, falling in love with South Bend accidentally kind of after I was here, but I'm from the Fort Wayne area, so okay. New Haven outside of Fort Wayne. Yeah. Uh, came here to go to school, went to Bethel uh, College, thought I was going to go on to Notre Dame after that, and then... Um, some things changed around. Uh, so, yeah, I graduated in 03 and stuck around in South Bend just waiting for my wife to graduate, honestly. Um, and then everything changed from there, and now I can't get away. Don't ever want to leave. So so how long did how long um, afterwards did uh, Robin graduate? So she, gra- she graduated in 05, right? So um, in the middle of the time, I was just looking for a cheap place to live, and it happened to be in South Bend in a neighborhood. That's what I was going to ask. What would you do for those couple of years? Yeah, so uh, I got a job at Bethel College as a mission counselor. Okay. And so started off doing that, just needed a cheap place to live. So I moved into the Keller Park neighborhood. I had a friend who had a house there uh, and cheap rent, so that, that kind of sealed the deal for me. So I moved in there and worked there after a year. Um, an opening came at the church in the neighborhood there at Keller Park Church, and they asked me to consider it, and I didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not interesting to me. Uh, I was a pastor's kid uh, growing up, so I was running away from that whole thing, um, but just considered it and felt like it was something I was supposed to do for a little bit anyway, so jumped into there, and then uh, before long, it just became clear that I was that was where my heart was at, so... Um, yeah, that's, a, that's another long story, I guess. Yeah, I want to go a little deeper into it. Uh, we don't have to go all the yeah. way into it in the sake of time, but the Keller Park neighborhood you mentioned, it's it's very close to you. Yep. Um, so you kind of talked about how you got to Keller Park. Talk about how you grew in your role in the Keller Park neighborhood, what it's transformed in now into now, and just what it means to you. Yeah, so I started really ignorant, right? Um, the Keller Park neighborhood is a wonderful neighborhood on the northwest side of South Bend. It's a small little neighborhood. The great part about it is kind of geographically contained. So it's up against the river uh, and, uh, and and up against Portage Avenue. You can always mm-hmm. find it on the map because it looks like the half a heart in a river. Okay. Uh, so that, that always makes it easy <laughs> on any of Jake Titus's maps he throws out there. I can, <laughs> can always find the neighborhood. Um, 
so I came in just not not knowing anything, not knowing about the needs of, of uh, what was going on, the needs of those in poverty, um, just really ignorant from the sheltered environment that I grew up in, right? So it was over time coming in and, and first not seeing the differences and then seeing seeing what people were going through. And then once I started seeing, there was this arrogance in me that thought I could just solve everybody's problems, right? Um, and then it was it took probably a couple years to work that out of me to realize I knew nothing, right? I, in the big scheme of things, I knew nothing about what my neighbors were going through. Uh, and I just had to learn, uh, listen to them and learn. And so that was a long process for me of just um, learning to hear what my neighbors were going through and why they were going through what they were going through. Um, and then letting my neighbors really rescue me instead of the other way around, right? Um, I needed to uh, kind of have the, my worldview rocked a little bit by my neighbors in Keller Park. And so, yeah, I'm forever grateful to my neighbors and uh, feel like it was just um, probably pretty uh, stressful process for them having to deal with my arrogant, <laughs> <laughs> arrogant young self. Uh, but they were really gracious with me, so I'm thankful for that. And then you did end up transitioning uh, mm -hmm. how long ago now? Uh, it's been about two and a half years ago, okay. yeah. So ended up uh, as the pastor at Keller Park Church and ended up there for about 13 years. And then, um, yeah, my, my friend Jason approached me about uh, helping to plant South Bend City Church with him and wasn't in, interested at first because, uh, again, thought I was going to stay in Keller Park forever, but just felt like that was a project I could lend uh, my experience to. The things I had learned from my neighbors in Keller Park I could lend to um, lend to another community, right? And so ended up, we want, when we knew we had to move um, from Keller Park neighborhood, um, we wanted to find a place that was as similar and close as possible. So we found a, a spot in the, the uh, what would it be, the southeast edge of the near northwest neighborhood, uh, closest to downtown Got it, there. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's an <laughs> awkward way of saying that. Uh, so found a spot in there uh, that felt a lot like Keller Park neighborhood. We felt at home. And the funny thing is, after we moved in there, uh, we found uh, within the first year, we had two neighbors right on that same block that were neighbors we had in Keller Park. We're like, okay, uh, awesome, this man. is right. So, And so your title is Pastor for City Engagement, correct? Yeah. With South Bend City Church. Yep. Talk about your role there, and then let's get into how the belly burst fits into that picture. Yeah. So... I see my role at South Bend City Church, one, just generically as a pastor, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Helping people walk through life, um, helping people find grace and peace uh, that we see in the story of Jesus, right? So generically, there's that. But then very specifically, kind of the city side of that is um, I, I see it as core. If we're going to be a church community and individuals that love our city well, it starts with who we are as neighbors, right? So I have this framework of neighbor, neighborhood, city and saying, I want to help people to be the best neighbors that they can possibly be uh, and wherever they are. I think a lot of times as churches, we can get caught up in like uh, coming up with all these great programs and stamping our name and logo on them. And then, you know, it's like, okay, every Tuesday night, you got to come show up to this program. And every Thursday mm -hmm. night, you come show up to this program. Before long, people are doing everything at their church and their neighbors don't even know them anymore, right? Because right. they spend more time at their church than they do in their neighborhood, right? So what does it mean for us to just love our neighbors well and just to be really good neighbors? Um, because we need our neighbors in our lives as well. Uh, and then neighborhood is saying, hey, our location where we live matters. So what does it look like for us to really begin to see the places where we live and work and find ourselves 
um, instead of just seeing it ac that we're accidentally there, um, start to see some purpose in that and start to uh, learn from, learn from what we can around us. And then also, uh, you know, when you're in a place, you share the responsibilities of that place, right? I'm plugged into my neighborhood. My kids go to, uh, the public schools, right? So the, the challenges that are shared in the community aren't just those people's problems. They're, they're challenges we share together, right? So location is important. So I want us to help us as a church, uh, to be people that see that wherever we find ourselves, that that location is important. And then lastly, from a city side, is just there's some things that we can come together and do together that when we all come together, we can do great things that we couldn't do on our own, right? Um, and so the belly burst becomes one of that. It's one of those things that we can see challenges that our city faces or adventures that our city, our city has going on. And we can come all together and either work towards those challenges in a way that couldn't be done or um, just celebrate together and create something greater together than we could on our own. You're going to get opinions from people on this is what we think the church should be doing in the area versus, like you said, your kids go to public school. You already have a pretty good grip of what needs to be done. Um, what is the give and take as far as listening to the community or saying as a church, we think this is important, we should go after this? I don't think you can make decisions on what's important aside from listening to community, right? I think churches can get into problems a lot of times when they assume that they know, have the answers for people, right? And too many times churches are trying to answer questions that aren't being asked. Yep. <laughs> They're trying to solve problems that the community isn't seeing as problems, right? Uh, I remember one of my one of my times in, in Keller Park that was really min meaningful story was we we were had listened to our neighbors really well and realized that the thing the neighbors were asking for was something for kids to be able to be doing instead of wandering the streets after school, right? And so we went through this fundraising thing and raised funds to build a basketball court on, on our side property. It's still there today, the Keller Park Court. It's really great. And I remember when we were doing that, one of the neighbors pulled up and we had just laid the concrete down. She's like, what are you doing over there? And she's like, I see, I see something's going on. She's like building a parking lot. I assume, you know, that seems like the church thing to do. You know, you just build more space, more parking lot, new building. We're like, oh, actually we're like, we're building a basketball court there. And she just paused for a second and she's like, you've been in the neighborhood a while, haven't you? Right? And, and to me, that was her, her statement of like, you're hearing what we're wanting, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting what we need. Right. And so I, I think that, I think the listening really is everything. Right. And as you listen and as you hear the needs of your community, then you're uh, hopefully well positioned to say, okay, now that we hear that, what can we offer to that? You know, cause we can't solve everything. Right. Um, and some things aren't, aren't, um, you know, some things need government interaction and all sorts mm -hmm. of other things for some of the complicated challenges we face. But you say, here's the issues. What do we have to lend to that? And then find out where you move from there. So talking about the belly burst specifically um, and being aware of your neighbors, how did the belly burst come to be, basically? I mean, what got it rolling? Yeah. So the belly burst is this... Uh, this beautiful, crazy, creative moment. Uh, we were sitting together, actually not trying to do anything meaningful, like from um, uh, a purpose standpoint. We were just saying uh, it was the first year that Best Week Ever was coming to town, mm -hmm. and the city was saying, VPA was saying, "Hey, we need people to bring creativity to this." So we had we had a group of us sitting around a table at the South Bend Chocolate Cafe. I remember we had the, one of the back rooms, just throwing together ideas for what would work. Um, and it just came together that both we could do something really silly and really fun that could be a lot of fun for our city. And we could like, um, 
we could do it for a reason that was near and dear to our hearts, which was alleviating chronic homelessness in our city. And when when the idea first came out, somebody's like, "Hey, there's all these like uh, there's all these fundraising runs." And I just feel like that's for like all the fitness people. <laughs> But Preach. like, what if we just what if we just did something with donuts, right? <laughs> and there was like this like this sigh of relief in the room. We're all like, yes, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> and so it was just kind of this match made in heaven of like both doing something really meaningful in raising funds to alleviate chronic homelessness, and there's kind of this educational component um, to the belly burst as well. Uh, so doing that on the purpose side, but also just saying, here's something that anybody can be involved mm-hmm. in. You know, the belly burst name itself is just kind of this cheeky throw to the sunburst, right? It's yeah. kind of, it's the the sunburst for the every man or the every woman, right? It's it's a thing that you can do. Uh, the best training you can do is sitting on your couch watching TV, right? Um, and that's something we think that people can get behind and just have a lot of fun. And, and you know, it's best week ever, right? So as a group of people that care about our city, we think doing things to like bring people together and just enjoy our city is really great too. And before we get into more of the details of the belly burst, uh, really fill everybody in, let's talk a little bit more about the cause behind it. So you mentioned chronic homelessness. Um, Tell us why you settled on that cause and why it's so important. Yeah. So at the core of it probably is, um, you know, the group that was starting to plan this, many of us came from South Bend City Church, right? And that church meets in the old Studebaker building in Building 112 right across the tracks from the baseball stadium. So we're right there in the Renaissance District neighborhood, and that's, um, you know, that's where at the time we were we had the encampments under the bridge. Um, mm-hmm. We were seeing our homeless neighbors were uh, dealing with a lot of challenges as they as they still are, um, and it's one of those things that you just can't ignore that and say that you care for your neighbors, right? Um, th- this is not a project there are neighbors uh, that are there, right? And so. Uh, I think as you're in the middle of that, um, you realize something has to be done. And so um, for me personally, I was sitting in on meetings with the Renaissance District in the city as we were talking about what the needs are and what needs done and realizing, you know, so so much of it is fundraising, right, that we need to raise funds to get permanent supportive housing, uh, such as the Fuse Project apartments uh, that, that got put in. We need more of that. We need places that that people can get into right away. Um, uh, I'm going to mess up the statistics here, but it's something like for every person who's chronically homeless on the streets, it costs like $38,000 a year wow. to, to society to be able that's to right. care for them. That That's, um, you know, emergency room visits. You know, those can be really expensive, right? And when people aren't housed, uh, they're more likely to need emergency medical care. So emergency room visits, whether it's police caring for them, um, emergency services, just all the different ways um, that society interacts, right? There's a high level of cost there. And just getting someone into housing, you know, gets rid of the bulk of that cost, right? So um, just at its simplest level, there's this like, hey, we got to do something and get people housed, right? So there's permanent supportive housing that we can get people into. There's a layer of affordable housing that's needed where people can't get into housing because they have an eviction in their past, Um or, uh, you know, different challenges, credit, low credit score, different challenges that they run into from that standpoint. So there's all sorts of obstacles to people being in housing, and it has a great toll on them and the children involved, um, and then also the rest of our society. So some saying we've got to do something about this. And, um, yeah, raising, raising funds to make sure that there's 
uh, solutions is just one simple thing that we thought we could get started with. Speaking of raising funds, um, donations such are always welcome, but registration fees um, go straight to this. And let's do a quick FAQ about the race itself for people that may right. have questions. Um, so say you want to show up to the belly burst. What should they wear? Should they like dress fun or should they come like looking like they're ready for the Chicago Marathon? Yeah. Yes. I know. I know. You you do you, right? Wear so, blue jeans if you want. Just to say it very clearly, the belly burst, we call it the belly burst unrun, right? Which yeah. means it's the opposite of any expectations <laughs> whatsoever, right? So uh, we have donuts on the course. We have rest stops on the course. So there's going to be couches. There's going to be hammocks because, you know, that, that mile and a half trip, you know, you might need to stop and take a nap I know a couple of times along the yeah. way, right? So we got that going there, but we also don't want it to be, um, we don't want it to be just a charity walk either. Cause there's a lot of charity walks that say, okay, you're not, you don't have to run. You just walk. Um, we just don't want to put people in a box on any level. So if you want to, if you want to put on your fitness gear and you want to run this thing and shove donuts in your mouth while you do it, like, you know, you do you. And if you want to, to, to crawl or crab walk or dance your way through, uh, then, then do that too. It's just, how can we come together and have a lot of fun, uh, also on the course this year, so normally we do the donuts and rest stops, but each year we have a theme this year is the year of the pizza. Yep. So we are thrilled that Mimo's Pizza is going to be there serving up hot slices of pizza on the course as well. And then they'll be president, uh, present at the Finnish, Finnish Festival uh, post-race party as well. So it's just going to be great. So whatever it is that you do, uh, come and do that and do it for a good cause and have fun and best week ever. And you touched on it a little bit more, but people that do come to the belly burst, they do the uh, quote unquote race. It doesn't end there. There's That's more. Right. There's more going on. Yeah. So we get done. The event itself is is 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Right. Um, the registration is twenty dollars for adults, ten dollars for kids. You can register online now at bellyburstonrun.com. Um, or you can register the day of event. We'd love to have you register in advance so we can make sure we have a T-shirt reserved for you. Um, but but even if you have somebody picks up last second, you can do that, right? So you show up. You're gonna you're gonna go through the course. You're gonna get your donuts and your pizza and your your rest stops and everything. And we get done. Uh, we got this post race party this year. We're thrilled. We got the 1985, which is an amazing local 80s cover band. They are going to be. Uh, putting on a show for a couple hours at the Finnish Festival. We're going to have uh, food trucks there, local food vendors that we're really excited about. So you can, once you get that little taste of food on the course, <laughs> you, can come back, you can come back and you can uh, top it off to your heart's content uh, back at the post-race party. We're going to have inflatables. One of the things we realized from our first effort at this a couple years ago was that we did a great job for kids. Um, but if you were coming and you didn't have kids, you could feel like there wasn't stuff for you. So we're going to have a lot of inflatables this year, but we're going to have inflatables that are adults only inflatables, right? So that you can grab your friends and you can jump on a bouncy house or do one of those inflatable obstacle courses, uh, without feeling like you're like cutting in line in front of a five-year-old, uh, <laughs> that would rather be doing it, right? Is that, uh, is that frowned upon? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Okay. Again, you do you, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, all sorts of fun that's going to be going on there. We're going to have coffee, a coffee garden with local coffee vendors doing some stuff as well. So, yeah, it'll be great. So a couple hours of party once you get done with it. And then, you know, once you're done with there, the the uh, pub paddles going on during the afternoon right over to the River Lights Music Festival downtown. So uh, you'll just be able to keep going with the party all day long. 
And you mentioned um, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is on Saturday, so June the 8th. Yep, Saturday, June 8th. So it's the last Saturday, the Saturday at the end of Best Week Ever. So cap off Best Week Ever. And where are people going? Where are they showing up to? Yep. So the event is at the Studebaker Complex. So uh, easiest way to find it is if you find Four Winds Field, the baseball field. It's that giant factory that just got the new, the new uh, windows on the face of it. Uh, so it's right in there. The parking lot is just on the south side of that. We'll have signs all over the place. Just head on Lafayette. You'll see the signs. Turn in right there in the factory. Plenty of parking. And then the festival will be in by Building 112. And one last thing I want to touch on with the Belly Burst Summit. There are a decent amount of business owners that listen. Uh, sponsorships? Yes. Are still available, correct? Yeah, still available. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this year we are thrilled. We have a presenting sponsor in Julia Robbins and Homes by the Bend. Uh, So they are uh, helping us get going. The, The whole point of the sponsorships, right, is this. We're basically for the cause for homelessness, which all of the funds are going to go, all the proceeds are going to go to Hope Ministries, uh, specific towards alleviating chronic homelessness in our city, right? And so we're just taking everything that comes in from sponsor dollars and from uh, registration fees, and we're subtracting the little bits we have to spend on, like, signage and promotion and whatnot. And then at the end of that, we just cut a check to Hope Ministries for the rest, right? So our goal is to raise $20,000 this year, uh, and then just to see that increase year upon year. Uh, so if you're wanting to sponsor, there are still sponsorships lo- levels available uh, that include things like having your logo on our website, having your logo on our T-shirts, uh, and those begin at the $500 level, and then there's more benefits that increase from there. So this is just a great way for you. Basically, at this point, we're pretty sure where all of our costs are covered at this point. So if you're willing to give money, it's uh, it's going to go straight towards the issue of chronic homelessness. Like at this point, none of it's even going to be taken out because we've already got cleared that point. So you're just giving straight to the cause and you're getting some goodwill and some promotion maybe for your business on top of that. I love it. So the belly burst is Saturday, June 8th, 11 yes. to 2, 635 South Lafayette. Show up um, dressed to the nine, show up dressed crazy, ready to go. We're ready for you. And it'll be a good time. So, and we didn't mention it, but there has been a belly burst, and it was a pretty big success. Yeah, yeah. The first best week ever, we had the belly burst running. It was amazing. Uh, We had 300 participants that that year. We're hoping to have a lot more this year. Uh, That first year, it was on a Tuesday night even, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was kind of an awkward time on a school night. Uh, Being a Saturday morning this year, we think that it's going to just be a lot of fun and hopefully raise a lot of money for a good cause. Awesome. I meant to say, if you're interested in sponsorship, you can also head to the to the website, bellyburstunrun.com, and there will be sponsorship information there. Awesome. So before we get into some of the fun questions, I have a few like uh, just generic preacher questions that I think All right. people like to hear about. All right, let's do it. So one is, so for your uh, situation specifically, you'll do your sermon four times? <laughs> yeah. See, like, that just doesn't like... That doesn't equate with me. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> how do you do how does like the fourth time you're like, all right, I'm still ready to rock and do this? Yeah. Well, I think some of it is that I'm a perfectionist, right? So you feel like uh you feel like you have kind of this generic thing in you. I'm not going from a manuscript, right? So you're just kind of feeling it out as you go. A little. I mean, I, I, I so prepare. So Thursday we're getting the rough copy is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so at this point we do Thursday nights, our first gathering, and then we have three on Sunday where that's been new because before that we did three on Sunday and then we had Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the, the trailer there. 
Um, so yeah, so Thursday night you're coming in, you've, you've put a lot of preparation into what, what you want to share, uh, and you share that and, uh, you have the opportunity then to just kind of come back Sunday and tweak anything that you feel needs tweaked. So the three on the Sunday, you just kind of, it just kind of starts flowing at that point. Um, but I think you, you have to get the coffee going or, or, <laughs> or by that third gathering on Sunday, it starts to, it starts to lose some energy, but yeah. So you talked about prep, uh, kind of take us through your prep process. Like when you know that you're going to be preaching said week, uh, when do you start prepping? What does prepping even mean to you? Like, what are you doing? Oh goodness. Um, and how far out do you know, like, because I guess you'd break it up into blocks where there's like overall topics that the church is going to kind of lean on for that amount of time. Do you know that like way ahead of time? Yeah, at this point we do. Um, so when I was at Keller Park, which was a smaller church, uh, there was time years that I was teaching 50 out of 52 weeks a year. So, so that, that, was a, that was a lot more just um, survival at that point, right? Mm-hmm. You, there is times that you'd finish Sunday, you take the day off Monday, uh, you kind of open up Tuesday and say, all right, where are we going next? Um, but that's not a healthy place to live just in a week-to-week thing, right. um, both um, just trying to produce um, helpful helpful information for people um, and be healthy as a person yourself, right? Uh, so the more you can plan ahead and the more you can work as a team that works. And so uh, we're in that space right now. So now I typically find out like a month in advance kind of where, where we're headed. Um, mm-hmm. And I just try to start. Um, okay, so for this week coming up, I'm teaching and it's Palm Sunday. And we're talking about disappointment, right? That uh, there's times in life that we have these expectations for how life is going to go. And realization that very rarely does life ever match those expectations. And yeah. what do we do? What do we do when there's that? Um, so I've gotten to spend the last month just dwelling on life, not meeting my expectations, <laughs> which has been wonderful. It's just been wonderful. Um, but, but I think that's the process, right? The earlier you can get into it, you, you start to ask yourself. And, and I think a, an honest, an honest teaching both looks at what, what truth and wisdom we have, uh, in, in the scripture and in the world around us, but it also looks at our own life. Right. And I have to start asking myself those tough questions of like, man, where have I, what do I need to hear? You know? Uh, so typically when I'm, when I'm teaching, I feel like I'm preaching to myself as much as to the crowd, right? Um, just realizing my own weaknesses and insecurities and challenges that I've faced in life and, um, just kind of processing through those. Right. And I think that's something that you and Jason both do very well as far as just being very personable, relatable. I know when you preach a lot of times, uh, your family will make appearances in your sermons. (laughs) I will will say, growing up a pastor's kid, I hated that. So (laughs) if you ever ever hear me talking about my family, you can rest assured that I have talked to them about it in (laughs) advance and gotten their permission and talked about what stories I'm going to share and how and why. So you really do get the all clear? I really do get the, yeah. Yeah. I don't want my children growing up with the the baggage uh, from that. So yes. All right. So let's transition to um, some more fun questions, and now right. we can just kind of go off the rails and just yeah. have some fun, see what's going on. All right. Uh, so the aliens have arrived. Okay. What? The, <laughs> Hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not like checking my phone, breaking news or anything. Sorry to freak I out. I didn't get. The, I didn't get the Twitter <laughs> alerts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the aliens have arrived, yes. hypothetically, and uh, we as the human race can send one person as an ambassador to negotiate with them. Who are you sending? Oh, goodness. Who are we sending? 
All right, I got to go with that. At this point, I'm sending Mayor Pete. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I am on the Mayor Pete It's a very timely here. answer. <laughs> yeah. Have him go there and keep it very cool and work something out. Yeah, you have to send somebody, first of all, uh, this is not fun. the fun answer. You have to send somebody willing to assume that we're, we don't know everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, like so especially I, if the aliens are here I mean, if yeah. they're here right like they cross the entire universe so yeah. like they clearly have something going um <laughs> yeah let's do um, I, sh- I should have spent more time processing this in my life a, a, a very uh, commonplace answer i hear is uh, dwayne johnson yeah One, because he's so likable like nobody doesn't like him and he's he's physically imposing although i don't think aliens would, would yeah would care about physically imposing I yeah, mean, I mean, when you see them in the movies, like their physical imposingness, imposition, the, their level of, of talent, of, physical yeah. talents is not readily apparent. Yeah. It's always that sneaky thing. So I don't even know if they would and recognize. And they could have like a laser gun that could like liquefy right. him immediately. Right. So I don't know if like, I mean, his He massive, is a likable guy. Though. He is. Yeah. He is. My wife agrees. With <laughs> 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 and, yeah. and I would say my daughter's. Yeah. But, <laughs> But they would kill me for saying that, so I'm not going to. So you're not going to say that. I did not get the all clear on that. Stricken from the record. (laughs) Um, Would you rather spend one year in jail, or you go to jail with a Rubik's cube, and you can leave when it's finished? Does anybody not say the Rubik's cube? So I always thought it was a no-brainer too. Then I found out there's like. 60 quintillion combinations and like only 5% of the world's population can solve these things. Well, only 5% can solve them. But how many people actually try more than two minutes and say, this is stupid and stop? I mean, well, like, what if you can't? Like, you're confident you can. What oh, if yeah. you get a year and you've made no progress? You're like, well, I may have... If I if I spend a year on a Rubik's Cube and I make no progress, I deserve to sit there until <laughs> so it's So you're finished. doing the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Like, 100% I would be, of the time. I would be mad at myself and tell myself to stay there. So <laughs> what kind of mental gymnastics would you be doing a decade later if you're still working on this thing? I would say that I deserve the faith that I earned. <laughs> I'm where I should be. <laughs> I'm where I should be. <laughs> would you rather have a cat's personality in a dog's body or a dog's personality in a cat's body? A dog's personality? Why would you ever want a cat's personality for anybody? Oh, that is such a good answer. Yeah. yeah. Like, so the, you take the dog because cats can be like kind of cuddly, so a dog's imagine, personality would be great. Can you imagine? The athleticism of a cat, but like actually being <laughs> yeah. actually being friendly and personable, yeah. like a, yeah. a golden retriever cat would be like awesome. <laughs> okay, I like. <laughs> How long does it take you to decide what to wear in the morning? Uh, two two seconds. Two seconds. Yeah, I I literally wear the same, the same like core five yeah. five things every day or every week. Are you a minimalist? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but well, even in other parts of your life, I I try to be, but it's just m- more that I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> you open the door, you take the thing on top, you say, "Did I wear this yesterday?" <laughs> yes or no. And if the answer if, no. if it's no, so you, you have just, a flow chart basically. <laughs> yeah, if it's no, you just put that thing on. <laughs> Which, for people who know me, will surprise no one. <laughs> yeah. What uh? What does? A typical day for you look like is it pretty routine or is every day different um it's kind of every day's different for the most part right um so there's a couple of of steady things on my calendar we as a team we have a couple of team meetings uh there's two days that we have team meetings but then the rest of that it's 
um, you know, who's reaching out, who's wanting to talk, who's going through something that they, they want to process with somebody, um, what administrative things am I working on, what meetings need done, you know, so there's, there's some of that. We don't have offices uh, at the church, which is great, so I kind of live in the Doubletree Atrium because uh, the windows, the, the windows all mm -hmm. around help me survive the winter here in South Bend, so... Uh, so the city yeah. gets to be your office. Where, the city is my office, wherever go? I want to go. Yep. Have you uh, ever been stuck in an elevator? No, I haven't. But I think I would enjoy the the opportunity. Enjoy? Yeah, okay, so this is weird. I kind of, like, root for, like... Terrible things? Terrible things. Okay, yeah. Like, just, like... <laughs> f okay, like, so if there's, like, a tornado warning... Like I recognize you want the e there's something <laughs> there's something deep in me that like really wants to like somehow see that like and I know I'm not processing all of the damage did it caused for my neighbor. For a while? I did and you never uh, saw one? No, we saw one. Okay, yeah, but it's just like when there's things going on, I realize there's some twisted part inside of me that wants wants the most dramatic extreme thing to happen. Um, yeah, you do you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there something that you think is true even though you can't prove it? I mean, okay, I, I I think that this will also come as no surprise. I legitimately think that Taco Bell has healing powers. Okay. <laughs> and you're not kidding at and all. And I'm not hey, kidding. You're not kidding. No. And Is the, it a specific item menu that has healing powers or uh, just the well, I haven't, chain in I general? Haven't, I haven't tested all of the items on the menu like in this way. But when well, you are a massive fan of Taco Bell, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just the the food. Like it's also like I'm extremely cheap, and so uh, it's the the food price point combination that I think is a gift to humanity. Um, but even with my children now, so if they get a stomachache or something, uh, they will say like, "Hey, we need to go get some Taco Bell to help us to feel better." And I, and I think that it it does have those healing properties. So. Well, maybe that would come in handy for the next question. If you were, so you're going to a deserted island for a year, mm. um, you have to bring someone with you, but it can't be like family or friend. It has to be someone kind of like out there. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you taking with you? Yeah, I think that the way I would sort through this question is saying like <laughs> who would be pragmatically helpful. Tina and I had the same answer versus almost who would be interesting. Yeah. And so I would have to say, from a pragmatically helpful, you're gonna have someone like Bear Grylls. That was our there. answer, like immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have somebody who's gonna like keep you alive, <laughs> keep you alive, and get you to comfort as soon as possible. Like, who can help me build a structure to keep out the rain? And he might be kind of interesting. He's a weird cat. Yeah, I haven't watched enough of the shows to know. But it's been a while. But I think he's kind of a weirdo. Yeah, but oh, once yeah. you can like clear that initial hump, you might be just that same type of person that can help help you survive might drive you nuts yeah right so i don't know let's do these last couple on a uh, little bit of a more serious note what is the worst advice you see or hear in the world it doesn't have to be the single worst what's just some bad advice that you often see get relayed maybe in my role i see it a lot i just see a lot of kind of unhealthy advice around like dating and marriage mm -hmm. and everything um and i think it's this idea that um, that you're looking for like this one true soulmate or whatnot. And I think that that leads people actually um, into settling far too quickly, right? For a, a situation that's not actually like healthy, right? Especially like you're in college or something. This happens in the Midwest. I know, I know on the coast, right? Um, 
getting married young isn't even as much of a thing, but in the world I came from in the Midwest here, right? It's like you're in college, you meet somebody, you fall in love right away, and it's like, oh, this must be the one, you yeah. know, my, my, my soulmate that I, that I found, and you don't really, like, do the math <laughs> like, <laughs> on, on personality and, yeah. and, uh, and even just, like, you know, I think sometimes we can go for who, who's interesting and, and lose track of, like, there might be somebody who's less interesting, who's more just nurturing and caring and will really care for us over time, right? And I think that that some of those, um, we fall for the sexy stuff, not just not saying sexy in appearance, though that too. We fall for the sexy stuff and the things that are actually going to make us happy in the long run, uh, the deep, meaningful stuff, the, the kind, nurturing personality sometimes doesn't get as much play. Um, and so I, I think that's that, right? So it's it's the bad advice i think is the oh you got to find that 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 one true person for you and saying like well i think that there might be a lot of people that that you could make a meaningful relationship work with um if you work hard over time and sacrifice for each other so and staying on the topic of advice um if someone's listening to this and they kind of want to do what you do eventually um Mm -hmm. whether it's help their community be involved in their community help with engagement uh what advice would you have for them my advice would be to listen. Uh, that probably is obvious from that early thing is um, you, you got to put yourself in places where you're around people, right? We can't we can't say that we care about people and then not be present in those people's lives, right? Um, so if we really care about people or if we want to make a difference there, whether whether it's education or whether that's you know community organizing or whatever it is, it's saying how do we how do we put ourselves in a place where we're, we're right there in the middle of it, um, where we're seeing the issues that people are going through, we're listening well and hearing that? Um, because you might find that the answers you come to are different than the answers you would have expected in the mm-hmm. beginning. So before we get to the plugs here, uh, one more quick question to bring it back down a little bit. If you had to give up one of these for an entire year, would it be soccer or Taco Bell? Mm. You can't even smell Taco Bell. Taco Bell and with soccer you can't coach you can't watch nothing you can't you can't even check stats or scores all right I would give I would I'd give up Taco Bell yeah yeah <laughs> and for me that that's less about my joy of watching soccer but I'm also a soccer coach I've coached uh, LaSalle Academy middle school uh, girls for 11 years now and then each of my daughter's teams and uh, the the families the family you form with people uh, in those environments um, is one of the more most meaningful things in my life. And yeah, so I don't, it wouldn't be so much about the soccer as it is about like all that goes with it. Right. Um, And yeah, I just can't see, just can't see giving that up. Are you still coaching soccer? Mm -hmm. How many years has it been? No daughters on team and now daughters on team. And is there a pretty big difference? So I started coaching LaSalle again. This was just finished my 11th season. My oldest is 12. So she was one year old when I first started coaching at this school. And then now she just finished her third year playing for me at the school level. Right. So that was, was it pretty different? That was, it's a lot different having her there. Yeah. yeah. Um, But then I also started coaching each of them uh, in uh, MSA, which is Michiana uh, soccer association. Um, which quick plug for that if you're looking to get your children involved that's kind of like the the citywide and area wide actually like starting point for getting your kids involved in soccer leagues you start them there you can start as early as uh, four years old 
jumping in there and then they can advance and if they like it then then down the road as they get older they can jump into travel soccer or whatever else um, fits but that's that's the best starting point is MSA so I've been coaching them since they were uh, four years old each of them right so I have three daughters a 12 year old a 10 year old and a four year old and uh, just coaching them each two seasons a year uh, since they were four so it's been great yeah three daughters at all, all young. I mean, you, got, you drink it's, a lot of coffee it's a thing man it's a thing yeah <laughs> they're they're amazing I will I will say um I feel like as a dad I always wanted to have a son you know every time we got pregnant or even uh so we my youngest is adopted and we were foster parents and even in that process you know there's this kind of like oh, I hope our next placement's a a son right and mm -hmm. just kept getting daughters um which just, just is my life <laughs> really at this point. Um, but if I had to choose between living life without sons or living life without daughters, I can't imagine having lived life without a daughter. I can do everything with my daughters that I could ever dream of doing with a son. Uh, they play sports, they wrestle, uh, they tell disgusting jokes, um, <laughs> like all, all of those things. And then yet they have their, their um, moments where they like to dress up fancy too and uh, go the daddy daughter dance and all those things. So whatever it is I'm missing, I'm not aware of it. Awesome. Well, let's do uh, the plugs one more time. Uh, Saturday, June 8th. Yes. Capping off best week ever. Yes. 11 a.m. Yep. Regi uh, we talked about sponsorship, but head you can head to uh, bellyburstunrun.com and register yourself. We'd love to have people registering your, your entire family, grab your friends with you, grab your coworkers. Uh, oh, I forgot to come back to this. If you want to dress up, like uh, dressing up in costumes is great. Uh, if and there, you, there was some of that last yep. time. Yeah, Yeah. dress up in costumes, uh, get your coworkers together, do like a, a team outfit that you do together, whatever it is. Uh, just come out and have fun making a difference. And if they bring you Taco Bell, all the better. All the better. Yeah. All the better. All right, thanks for coming, Ryan. Yeah, thanks. Welcome to my city. Bring you to my city. Let you ride around my city. I can show you around my city. Welcome to my city. Bring you to my city.